Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. Today I'm here with Barely Alive, Hello. super requested. <laughs> it's a virtual riot, it's been like a year or so, finally. <laughs> so actually I think you know my boyfriend, Andro Kimura from Massachusetts. Are you serious? What? Because oh I was like, God, wait, that... Massachusetts is tiny okay, also. <laughs> that's so crazy. Yeah, he and I were friends when we were like four or something. Mm -hmm. And then my mom told me that uh, that he, she was talking to his mom and she said that, you know, he was out here doing music. And I was like, wow, that's crazy, small world. <laughs> and here we are, that's, yeah. that's super weird. But wow. you never made music together back then, right? Like, No, no. So this was, is like we way were, before. Well, actually, technically, yeah, we took like, um, I think we were in some sort of like music program for like toddlers. <laughs> so technically, yeah. That's so funny. Wow, that's super funny. <laughs> Where in Massachusetts were you actually from? Um, so I was living in Williamstown, okay. Massachusetts, which is like uh, the upper northwest corner. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to the, the southwest corner uh, to a place called Great Barrington when I was um, about eight or something. Mm -hmm. And I lived there for most of my life. Um, until I did the, the music stuff, then I moved out here. For like your yeah, three three and a half years ago. For your family, all from Massachusetts, like even extended family. Um, like yeah, well, my, my mom's family, uh, they're from Boston. Okay. My dad's family is kind of a bit bit more scattered, but mostly New York City. Mm hmm And my dad lives in New York now, and my mom still lives out in Massachusetts, and so does Matt, uh, barely alive. He still mm -hmm. lives in Great Barrington. Yeah. So we. We're collaborating over the internet. <laughs> wow. Going on three years now. Wow. But it's working really well. Yeah. So, what were your parents doing in Williamstown? Um, that's actually where they met. They they went to college together there, and uh, we they actually we lived in like Poundville, Vermont, for like two years, mm -hmm. which is like just over the border. Not surprisingly, they're both involved in the arts and music. Oh. So my dad is a music critic reviewer. Mm -hmm. So he. Um, uh, when I was a kid, he was always taking me to shows because he would get free tickets to go see the concert and review it, and he'd mm -hmm. always request an extra if it was something he thought I'd be interested in. So, what kind of concerts were they? Uh, mostly like rock. Oh, because so he was playing lots of like Bruce Springsteen. And yeah, stuff. yeah. Tons of Bruce Springsteen and Bob Dylan. I think I've seen both of them like over five times, <laughs> <laughs> all before the ages of like ten. So that was really cool. Mm -hmm. So. I was always like surrounded by music growing up, and my mom uh, works for a, a nonprofit reforming arts organization, oh. uh, and they have this really, really, really cool, hundred-something-year-old restored theater in my hometown, um, where they put on tons of shows for uh, kind of older audiences, but it's really cool stuff. Like they've had like Daryl Hall and uh, Temptations, mm. and they show mo old movies and stuff. So, so yeah, music was such a big part. And you also did yeah. a lot of instruments, right? Like, was it guitar or drums or yeah. piano? Well, I, yeah, I was a drummer first because, like, my dad played guitar a little bit. 
Um, but as a, at a very young age, I like gravitated toward the drum kit because that was something that any little kid can do. They can just bang on some some boxes. So I started playing drums, and I did that for most of uh, my my childhood and like in school band and stuff. Oh. But I dabbled in guitar and keyboards a little bit as well. Were you in any orchestras or anything or? Yeah, I was in concert band and jazz band. Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> and were you in bands with your friends as well? Yeah. Um, nothing serious, but I was definitely in a couple of bands. Mm -hmm. um, actually, me and Matt and I were in a, in like a a band with our dads. What? That's yeah, so cool. We did like some Michael Jackson tribute concert at some point. I think it was like after he died. Mm -hmm. um, just like our, our dads and a bunch of their friends wanted to like get together and do some some music, and they're mm -hmm. like, "Hey, we have sons who are musically." like talented somewhat so they're like you want to do it and we're like uh this is weird but sure <laughs> so your dads were friends first or uh no actually our dads met through us oh okay and then you went to friends. the same school or yeah we, we yeah we came from like a, a town of like seven thousand people where you know if you once you meet someone you end up running to into them every day anyway yeah so it's like there's ton, there's not that many people there. Mm -hmm. sure. For the bands that you were in, did you put out? Did you start put making original music no, back then? No, not really. We were just doing covers and stuff, mm. jamming. Yeah. How do you describe yourself back then, growing up? Um, I guess I was just really into music. <laughs> um, like I was always listening to music. I always had like an iPod or some of some sort and headphones like in between classes as soon as like I was done with class I'd hit play on my iPod and then walk to my next class and then shut it off. I was definitely always I always knew I wanted to do music in some way mm -hmm. but I never really thought that I would be like a professional drummer or like guitarist or anything for some reason. Um, so I guess when I got my first computer and discovered GarageBand I was like, that opened up a whole new thing for me because I realized I could write music and do everything myself mm -hmm. without like having to get, uh, you know, organize a band and rehearse and, and get equipment because I'd, I'd done that a bunch and it was always like such a huge hassle. I noticed like even the most reliable friends you have who to get together and play music, like there's always waiting, you're always waiting around for something to happen mm -hmm. like someone's amp isn't working or mm. the bassist didn't show up or something you know it's, it was just a different time yeah and was the first thing you kind of remixed was the halo yeah yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i was doing like lots of video game stuff um uploading music to newgrounds.com where people would do lots of free music for like animators to use in their videos um, so that was a really cool community of, of producers mm -hmm. who were kind of just doing it for fun. How old were you at this age? Um, like four, 13, 14. Oh, okay. Something like that, yeah. Was it your uncle who got you a reason? Or? Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah, my uncle handed me like a 
giant booklet of like all this software because he was he worked for a software company. Oh. So there were tons and tons of different programs. Reason was uh, Reason 2.5 was the, the one that I I used the most. Mm -hmm. Now it's on like version 10 or something. It was like a really long time ago before they had like built-in audio channels. Mm -hmm. You had to do everything in a sampler and like trigger everything. It was like crazy. <laughs> And then after you found those programs, did you realize that that was an avenue for you to be a musician or you still didn't really know how to music would be a career? Um, it, it, was, it took a long time, honestly. Like, I thought I, I, I was really into uh, school. I was, like, getting really good grades and oh. stuff. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I was just like, yeah, I'll just go to college and try to figure out what I want to do with my life. Mm -hmm. And what college showed me is that I didn't want to go to college at all. I just wanted to do music. So what what subjects were you good at or what were you thinking? Um uh mostly like science okay. and math. I'm always yeah. I've always been kind of like a technical minded oh, wow. person. Where do you think you got that side from? Because your parents are more on the creative side. Uh I, th I think probably my, my mom because she was well she was an English major. So I'm also like really good at English. <laughs> Literally all subjects. Yeah. Well, not history. I, I was always terrible at history. Although now I think history is cool. Now that I'm like older. <laughs> so what fascinated you early on about the science or math aspects? Um, I think it's just like it's it's not like you're learning facts. It's like you're learning patterns of thought and like meth methodology of like solving problems and I really like that because like you you maybe in, in history you have to like memorize all these dates and people and timelines but in math you just memorize this one technique mm -hmm. and you can use that to solve all these different problems and I think a lot of that carries over into music especially computer music and um, I remember one of the coolest things I learned about in, in like high school math was uh, like calculus and sine waves and stuff. So during these, during the class, everyone was learning about like, you know, cosines and and all these equations. And I'd just be sitting there with my graphing calculator trying to make like a sawtooth wave mm -hmm. by adding other sine waves together <laughs> and like just try, like basically making music on my calculator. <laughs> so but I couldn't hear it. I was just looking at the waveform. Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is how this is done. <laughs> so you enrolled in college, though. Yeah. What college was it? Uh, it was Skidmore College mm -hmm. in New York. Yeah. And yeah, one of, one of the, my favorite classes there was uh, a physics of sound course, and that was really cool because um, we learned more about like sine waves and sound and what happens when you put a sine wave through a tube and stuff like that. And it showed you how to calculate all these different resonances what, so that was really yeah. cool what major were you going to be uh i didn't even know oh. <laughs> i didn't make it through a whole semester mm -hmm. I, I was uh I, I just didn't go to class i was like i was staying home uh producing music and playing video games all day and that's all i wanted to mm -hmm. do what did your parents think of that they didn't um, know i mean i <laughs> Yeah, they weren't super happy about it because, yeah. like, I think they wanted me to go to school, but at the same time, they were, like, very supportive and realized that I wanted to do music. 
Mm -hmm. So in the end, it all worked out. And you put out a, you were like a, more of a solo artist before, right? With different monikers. Matt and I had our own solo projects. Mm -hmm. um, and the first thing either of us released was an, a full album where it was like half of, half my music, half his music. And then we had like one track that we worked on together because we still couldn't figure out like how to write music together because <laughs> I was in Reason and he was in Ableton. Oh. And we just couldn't like make the collaboration work. Mm -hmm. So we did that and I released that myself on like CD Baby because I didn't know what else to do and I didn't really think of it as like, I want to sell a bunch of music. It was just like a fun project for me. How did it click to you that you wanted to be in a duo? Um, well, we, we uh, after we graduated high school, we didn't really talk that much. Um, and then a few years later, once I got back into uh, producing like dubstep and stuff, once that whole thing was kind of like really taking off um, in the, you know, in the EDM scene, which I didn't even know existed at the time, um, I remembered that Matt was always making really cool like dubstep noises um, back in like high school and stuff. So I just messaged him and he was like, hey, you're still into this music thing? I know you're really good at it. He's like, yeah, I, I dabble occasionally. So I was like, well, let's make music together. So mm -hmm. he's like, okay. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we just like started doing it for fun. We were trying to like replicate um, like the sounds that we were hearing in like modern dubstep as best as we could and just trying to get something that was like functionally passable as like a dubstep song mm -hmm. and the like the first tune that we wrote ended up getting picked up by a, a small label and that was like cr that was crazy to us like we didn't think that would ever happen actually how did you go from listening to more of the rock music to more of the electronic um i, I don't really know exactly how it happened um, I think, honestly, Newgrounds was like a huge thing because I kind of just stumbled across it on the internet and it was all this uh, music that kids were making on their computers and I, I had no idea that was the thing. And then at the same time I was discovering like, um, you know, like really popular uh, dance music artists like Dead Mouse. Um, I was getting really into drum and bass as well. I think drum and bass is probably like the main, um, the main factor. Because I think I learned what drum and bass was because of Newgrounds, because there was like a drum and bass section. And I was like, this stuff is really cool. I've never heard of this before. And then from there I discovered like Pendulum and Noisia and, um, and like other artists like that. So that's, yeah, I guess you could kind of attribute Newgrounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to like showing me what electronic music is. How did you, like in Massachusetts, Massachusetts barely kind of a scene, so did you, did, who did you talk to or do you have any mentors early on? Um, it was all just people I met on Facebook, like other producers, a lot of them who I still talk to. Um, guys like, uh, like Twine and like Subtronics, we were all in this Facebook group like years and years and years ago. Um, and I would just kind of like hang out on video calls with them and just talk about production and like share ideas and stuff. Mm -hmm. Because okay, there was no yeah. one else to talk to. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> There's nobody in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. 
And when you decided to quit college, where, where you, was your career at? Um, it was kind of just nowhere, honestly, for like a year and a half. I just like, I wasn't really moving like in any direction. And then like after a short amount of time, I just decided to like get off my ass and start like finishing projects and making more music because that's that's what I had the most fun doing at the time. Mm-hmm. How did you push yourself out there initially? Uh, I had no I didn't I had no idea where to start, but what I did was I I went like on Beatport, looked at like the dubstep chart or whatever, so the dubstep section, and just found artists that I liked, mm-hmm. and I was like, what labels they're releasing on? Smart. And then I made a list, and then I went to all their websites, found an e- like an A and R email for demos, and then I just started like blasting out demos to people, and most like. 90% of them I didn't hear back from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the one that responded uh, wanted to sign us and then from there like we gained enough recognition to start talking to people directly like YouTube channels who wanted to promote our music and then eventually I just uh, I found Disciple when they were like first when they were first born essentially I, I discovered that label and just started chatting with them and they were like yes we're a new label we need new artists like we like nice. your music so cool so that, <laughs> um, was really, that was really yeah. lucky good timing what what year was this uh, I think that was 2014 okay maybe 2013 yeah and what do you think brought your like pro- like propelling you guys after that um, well I think it was just kind of a, a snowball effect like the more we were working with Disciple, the more mm. artists we got introduced to and uh, we were playing more shows and meeting people and it just kind of like quickly snowballed really fast and we got more inspired by by all that change to mm-hmm. make more music. So it was like really pretty natural. How did you meet Virtual Riot? Um, I met him uh, shortly after he signed a Disciple we all did a big show in Paris together, like all the Disciple acts. Oh, wow. This is ages ago. <laughs> so I met him there. We were all staying at some little apartment. It was actually the same... It was an Airbnb that was the same apartment where the Jersey Shore stayed when they went to Paris. So that, that was <laughs> kind of a random little fact there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I met him there and he was like... He's, he's really cool. He's just a real friendly guy always on the computer like doing some weird sound design thing <laughs> so we like really hit it off originally mm-hmm. it was still from the very beginning right that matt never really toured um yeah so he didn't really realize until we had done like three or four shows together but he had some he didn't know what was happening but he had some really bad health problems mm. so he was re- he was getting completely exhausted by traveling and just like really out of it a lot of the time and after a while he was just like I can't tour at all like you just go for it Hmm. so I was like it it was kind of a bummer but um he's still like fully working on all the music and he's he's really a a killer producer yeah five years later Mm -hmm. doctors have um diagnosed him with sleep apnea oh so he's looking into treatments for that now so it's actually kind of exciting because I think there's a possibility that we could see more of him 
in the yeah, flesh. Yeah, everyone would love that. Maybe a year or so. Yeah. I'm really hoping for it. And I, I think he is too. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he loves California. Because when he was younger, he came out here a lot, like, with his dad. And it's just like, it's totally something he wants to do. He mm-hmm. seems to, like, figure that out. And with your performing, like, the headpiece, how long ago did you start that? Like, was this essentially when you um, started touring, or...? So that's, that's been around for almost two years now. Okay. Um, and it's still, it's still, like, intact, which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's getting some, some wear on it, but it still works, which is, mm-hmm. which is really cool. It was a really good design by the guy who made it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, like, some, some really smart engineer from Puerto Rico, and he thought of everything with that thing so it's lasted a long time (laughs) what were you inspired by for that i don't really know where the idea came from i mean obviously we weren't like the originators of that idea you have dead mouse and daft punk yeah and uh marshmallow was like he did his thing like slightly after we were thinking about doing a helmet so for the record we didn't (laughs) we weren't trying to copy him at all (laughs) that was just like a a, a timing thing Mm -hmm. that he happened to do that at the same time um, but that was like all the more reason to do it, honestly, because people are clearly really into that stuff, and I thought it would would, would look really cool. Mm. And we wanted to like do something different to stand out, like in terms of stage production. Yeah. And something that you can easily throw in a in a bag and stick on a plane. How did you meet Excision? Um, I met him. Okay, so he asked us to do a remix for the Destroyed Remixes album. So we did that, and that's how we first uh, got in contact with him. And then uh, when he played a show in Boston at the House of Blues, um, we actually, me and Matt both went out to see the show and, and meet him. What was your inspiration behind Odyssey? Um, there's a lot of different, like a lot of different inspirations for that album because it's so diverse a lo- I think a lot of the overall aesthetic was just like 80s music and 80s videos and movies um, it was very 80s themed all of it mm-hmm. because we're really into that stuff and just the sounds of the 80s Yeah, they were, that's when they were like first coming out with all these brand new synthesizers and drum machines and new ways to make music which is what's happening now with like computers, and um, there wasn't really that much like dance music at the time. It was all just kind of like people throwing synthesizers into a pop song because they could, and and you know the artists would be like, "Oh, that's cool and different. This will set me apart." So that's how you hear like crazy sounding electric pianos that just don't sound natural at all in in pop music from the 80s and I thought that was really cool mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a little nostalgia thing um, there's also like some 90s hip hop influences in it and um, like German bass obviously like just all over the map and I had some fans ask like what happened to the to the growl so what happened to the hollow point growl um, so we did this tutorial a few years ago um, on one of our sounds that we used in a remix and at the end, of, it's like one massive patch and at the end of the video I say like if you want, if you don't want to make it yourself you can just download the patch in the description 
and then like a, f- a few months later, we just heard all this music on SoundCloud with that same sound in it. Oh. <laughs> we were like, oh god, what have we done? <laughs> so we quickly like took down the the download link, mm-hmm. and it's actually still floating around there somewhere. In fact, <laughs> um, Virtual Riot wanted a copy of it for the, his preset junkies VIP mm-hmm. that he was working on. And he's like, hey, do you have a copy of the Holopoint Growl? Like, I want to use it. And I looked around at my computer, and, like, I've switched computers, like, three times since that happened, and I just couldn't find it on my own computer. So I was like, damn, how do I get this? So I went on Twitter, and I was like, can someone send me the Holopoint Growl? <laughs> then, like, three people were like, here you go. <laughs> they still had the original file. No way. And then I also had tons of questions asking about Chode Gang. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know anything about that, so can't really help you. I thought you were part of it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> How do you say your music has changed since the early songs you made? Um, I think uh, we've the, the just dubstep in general has changed a lot, and the there's kind of like a meta to like sound design in dubstep, mm-hmm. where like people will. Like for a certain period of time, everyone's trying to make this sound, and then people figure it out, and they're like, "Okay, what's next? We got to make this sound." And so that's always changing a lot, and um, just the kind of the format of everything. Like uh, in terms of drums, like people don't really use snare drums anymore, which mm-hmm. is weird, but it's kind of cool. And we've also like gone even farther down the route of like stuff that isn't necessarily club music so that's why we have like some pop songs on our on our newer album because we're really into making that stuff um as well Mm -hmm. and we we were always waiting for an opportunity to do that so we're definitely gonna be doing more of that in the future as well as like trying to make some new crazy sounds Mm -hmm. and this is something i asked for duos but what do you like about matt's personality what i like about matt's personality yeah uh, I like that he's brutally honest sometimes. So if I make something that I think is cool, and I send it to him, I'm like, hey Matt, what do you think of this? He'll he will just completely say the first thing that comes to mind without any sort of like sugar on top. So he'll be like, yeah, this is cool, or nah, this is boring. And I just really like that about him because that's what you need. <laughs> like you need someone to just not BS you at all. <laughs> Otherwise. You know, you might end up making something that kind of sucks. How would you say you've grown as a person compared to when you were younger? Um, uh, wow, that's a huge one. <laughs> uh, I think I've just... Um, I've definitely discovered, like, that this is what I really want to do. And it just keeps... I keep, like, learning that more and more about, like, what I want my future to be like. So. I guess it kind of taught me, like, um, how to find the career that I wanted to do, really. Because mm-hmm. I never really knew until I did this. Before that, I was like, I have no idea what I want to do. Yeah. And now I know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely taught me a lot about who I am. What would you say have been your biggest challenges so far? Just getting enough sleep when I'm on tour. That's <laughs> 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 really hard. Mm-hmm. Although I'm getting a lot better at sleeping anywhere, so I can sleep like on airplanes and in cars and stuff. Uh, biggest challenge in terms of music is always going to be naming songs or EPs. Oh, interesting. That is so much harder than actually writing them. No way, I've never heard that. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. Like, we have to name 
uh, our next EP that's not it's not really finished, but we have to give it mm -hmm. a name so that we can start like mocking up ideas for artwork oh. and stuff. And we have to do that tonight, and I have no clue what it's <laughs> going to be called. When is that one coming out? Uh, should be around January-ish if everything nice. goes well. Super fast. Yeah. <laughs> Your releases are super fast. Yeah, we try. What does love mean to you? Love? Yeah. Hmm. That's a, that's a tough one. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely learned about that a lot in the past three years because I've I met my girlfriend here when I moved here. Nice. Just learning more about it every day, I guess. Definitely important, though. Man, I'm really not good at talking about this stuff, but <laughs> I think it, it it can be a great motivator mm. when you're not doing something just for your own benefit and for yourself and for the sake of doing it. You're doing it for someone else that you love, and that I think is a a big, a way stronger motivator than just, you know, for your own, for your own self. Yeah, so true. It's like for the person you love and your life together. It's like that's what you're working towards and not just like, I want to get rich and live in a big house by myself. Yeah. Like, that's a way more powerful drive and I'm very thankful for that. Last question, what do you want to be remembered for? Oh, good one. As an artist, I'd be, want to be remembered for good music <laughs> more than anything. I'm, I'm always like concerned about being a genuine person, you know, mm -hmm. like you meet so many artists who, you know, they're they're very focused and hardworking, but they're just not really that genuine to everyone they meet, like no matter who it is, if it's another artist or a fan or just a random person on the street. Like I want to just be a good person to people. I don't think you have to be an asshole to, to make it in the industry at all. That's, mm -hmm. that's my belief. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. This is really fun. Oh, sweet. It's, it's probably a little bit therapeutic, too, just being able to ramble to someone about their life. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much what Sidewalk's here for, so. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, guys. All right, bye.